This episode contains language that may not be suitable for all audiences. One of my earlier taglines was, this for me, was do more than nothing. Just do something. And, you know, the blah, 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 that's nothing. I saw, I was, uh, I was riding on a, a trail uh, the other day and there was a sign outside of a church, I think it's a church, and it said, uh, matter is the minimum. Like Black Lives Matter, that's it. Putting a, a yard sign, nothing against people who put yard signs out, but putting a yard sign out that represents Black Lives Matter, that is the absolute least you could do. Do more. Do more. That's how we're going to get the change that we want. If we claim change, then let's invest in it. My name is Allison Mariella Desir, and this is Out and Back, a podcast exploring how Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are reclaiming space in the outdoors. Each episode, you'll hear their stories and we'll get outside with them in their element. This episode, that element is not mine. We're going biking. We're headed to the formerly majority Black Central District with Doc Wilson of Peace Peloton. Doc loves his bike. So in the wake of George Floyd's murder by Minneapolis police in May of 2020, his bike became a tool to reclaim space and fight for social justice. Since the first ride on June 6, 2020, Peace Peloton's rides, markets, and barbecues have welcomed cyclists of all skills while seeking to bring economic justice to businesses that, as he says, happen to be Black. If you want to see Doc and I biking the Central District, check out our video series. There's a link to it in the show notes, or you can find it at crosscut.com slash video. Doc! What's up, sis? <laughs> so good How to you see you. You look good. You've got a very chill vibe going on that I love. I dig it too. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a tall black man. Yes. Who rides bikes. Yep. How does that happen? Um, when did you first get on a bike? I, well, as a kid, okay. but I never really, we didn't really call ourselves cyclists. We just say we're going, going out on a bike ride or mm, something like mm -hmm. that. And then I just started to grow up and got married and had kids and I didn't really pay attention to cycling all that much until I moved from Seattle to, to DC and I wanted to I didn't know anybody there mm. uh, Baltimore is where I moved to I didn't know anybody there so I needed some community and I saw on I think it was Facebook there was a group called the Maryland mountain bikers or something like that mm. I've never mountain biked in my life, so I went out and bought a mountain bike and showed up and there were a couple black and brown people there. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's dope. And I just started riding as if I knew what I was doing. Mm. And I did it every week and I get better. And so that's how I, that's how I became a, what I would consider a cyclist cyclist. Mm. Everybody who rides a bicycle is a cyclist. Mm. But this was, I was intentional about uh, mountain biking. Mm. and jumping rocks and you know coming home with scratches on my leg mm. it, it was pretty dope and the community was cool everybody drinks beer after <laughs> so you were building community but how did it become you know i've heard you say that biking is your therapy that the bike almost feels as though it's a part of your body how yeah. do you go from just you know deciding to do it one day to be it's becoming that for you um i started to like it i really started to enjoy it 
not just the community, but the, the feel of the bike. And when you're going down the road, one of the, one of the sounds that I really embrace is if a Peloton of cyclists go by and you can hear the friction of their tires hitting the road, that's a sound like none other. I'm like, mm. damn, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me want to run home and get my bike and join them. Mm. It's just a really, really, oh man, that bike. So transitioning to therapy, um, I spent a lot of time alone and I would, I would get on my bike and just release all of the, mm. the, the, the heavy of the day, you know, with each cadence. I'm, 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 I'm playing with this rhythm as I roll down the street and it's just, it just makes you feel better. Mm. It's just a really, really super dope feeling. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what, if my doctor came to me and said, hey man, you can't ride a bike anymore, I'm gonna get a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hack. <laughs> I love that. I feel the same way about running. I'm like, I can break all the bones in my body. I need a second opinion. You don't know me. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say, if you ride a bike, you're a cyclist. And I say, if you run, you're a runner. Except that when I'm on a bike, I don't feel like a cyclist. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, Doc. I think because we have this image in our head that uh, cyclists are the, the slender, men and women, the slender humans who roll down the avenue on $10,000 bikes with all the gear. Exactly. They're cyclists too, but you're also a cyclist. Mm. If you're riding a bicycle down the road, you are a cyclist. Mm. They're just cyclist cyclists. <laughs> yeah. I'm just cyclist the one. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you're giving me confidence as we're yeah. talking and I'm thinking about getting on this bike. So what are we going to do today? And am I going to yeah, survive? You are absolutely going to survive. <laughs> and uh, I am going to come close to guarantee that you're going to enjoy this experience. It's going to be dope. Some of the, the uh, streets we're going to go on have been uh, routes that Peace Peloton has been on before. Cool. It's just going to be super dope. Let's today. do it. Uh, you ready? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, ready I'm or ready. not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Here we go. Got it. it. Yep. How you feel? <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> I mean, no, I just because I can't believe it. Okay. <laughs> I feel free and good in my body. So, Doc, tell me about Peace Peloton. Oh, man. So, like a lot of other. Um, organizations that, that now exist. We started during COVID. There was a lot of protests back in 2020 and our organization was uh, incubated out of the energy that came about from the murder of George Floyd. So a, a good friend of mine, Ed Ewing, and I, we were guests on a podcast, uh, the Ron and Don Show, and towards the end of uh, most interviews, the interviewer will ask, 
you have anything to offer our audience? Do you have any thoughts? And Ed shared his thoughts, and I made up this whole Peace Peloton thing right in the moment. Oh, one more thing, uh, Ron and Don, and appreciate this. So uh, uh, Ed and I are organizing, and it's, it's being loosely organized, but it's coming together, a Peace Peloton. And it'll start on Saturday. Saturday at 12 o'clock, we're going to ride from uh, Alki. We're going to ride through down to the city, and we're going to connect with some other organizations, and we're going to show up and support. And we're going to make some changes, and we're going to do some things. So 12 noon, uh, Alki Park, uh, be on a bicycle, peaceful Peloton ride. Let's get together and make some change. Made it all up right there. I made up the name. I made up the location. I hadn't asked anybody any permission to do anything. And it just came about. And so you made it up on the spot, but where yep. was this energy coming from, right? Like where it had been percolating in your mind. Yeah, yes, somewhat. I, I saw a lot of protests and demonstrations and there were tons here, there were tons in New York, uh, all over the, uh, the US, all over the, the world. But I wanted to take the, I wanted to use that energy to do something that was sustainable. I mean, protests are somewhat like performance art. Like you, you go and it brings awareness and uh, then it kind of goes away when the cameras go away. And I wanted this to be something that was sustainable and something that was scalable and something that uh, addressed the issues that matter to me. What are those issues? Um, uh, brothers and sisters in business and elevating each other and building uh, community among black people and not to the exclusion of all, el of all others, just seeing uh, people who look like me and who can relate to my story and seeing them excel. Yeah. When I think about moving through space as a black woman, uh, biking on the streets, there's an element of fear that comes into my mind. Can you tell me about, you know, what was it about biking? Like when you thought of protest, why was it biking through space? Uh, selfishly, I ride a bicycle. Uh, I'm a bike commuter. Uh, I ride for, for recreation. I ride for speed. So I want to do, if I'm going to do something, it helps that it's something that I enjoy and that I like. Um, also, Cycling is disarming, right? When you're out, um, when you're out at a park or on the streets, and you see families bicycling together, you don't feel threatened, right? It just—it's a very calming and uh, relaxing way to get outside and move your body and recreate, or whatever you want, however you want to do it. You could—it could be utility where. You know, you're a bike courier and you're scamping around the streets. Or it could be families on the weekend riding up Lake, up and down Lake Washington Boulevard and enjoying. You don't hear any stories, at least I haven't heard any stories about a drive-by cycling. Right? It's just a really, really cool culture. It's a cool community of humans. And those things uh, kind of help inform how this came together. I didn't want it to be a significantly heavy lift and doing something that I enjoy and that I appreciate and my community enjoys and embraces was uh, an, an important ingredient in the formulation of Peace Peloton. So it's a Monday or Tuesday, you're on this podcast. Yep. You say this Saturday, we, yep. we ride at noon. Yep. And then you gotta go back and make up the whole thing. And then we gotta make it up. 
So tell me. And it came together. What happens on that Saturday? So my partner and her two kids show up with um, a few energy bar. We had an expectation that there was going to be 30 people there. If there were 50, we were going to be overjoyed, right? So we brought enough snacks for like 10 or 12 people. And at first there was, you know, a trickle of people who came in. We had five and then there was 10 and we got happy at 10. And then a group of cyclists rode in all at once, like 10 cyclists at once. So now we just doubled and they just kept coming from everywhere. I stopped counting at like 457. It was what? incredible. It was incredible. It was incredible. What did you say? Uh, thank you. Mm. And let's ride. <laughs> people just, people were tired and they were angry and mm. All of us were here around that time after the murder, murder of George Floyd. It was, we were really tired of, you know, shit just going down and no one bears any responsibility, mm. for, no consequences for the brutality, just, just nothing. Mm. And it was, yeah, mm. people needed, people needed an outlet. Mm. And also it was during COVID, so people wanted to get outside. They were tired mm. of being inside. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to the story, so keep listening. This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet believes that running changes everything. We sell the shoes, apparel, and gear you need to get started. And we host fun runs, training groups, and events. Whether you're training for your first mile or your 50th marathon, we're here to run with you. Learn more at fleetfeet.com. Let's dive back in. You've mentioned about the importance of community and connection. What do you believe is the, the power of bringing people together? Seeing people and enjoy together and learn together and grow together and knowing you had some, some part in facilitating that connection, that's power. We have stories about, uh, there was a young man who was on our ride. He and his friends, they were probably in their late teens and um, they met the owner of a bike shop in town and they were just chopping it up. Fast forward a few months after that, uh, the bike shop owner hired one of the kids to work in his bike shop. And that, that was two years ago, he's still there. People have met their partners on our ride. They've met uh, business, business associates on our ride. It's just a, it's an open community of quality humans looking to do good, looking to do better. What is a typical ride like? Or is there a typical ride? Um, well, there's, 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 a, there's a formula. Um, there are two things that have to take place in the ride, two major components. Uh, one is it has to be a bicycle ride. The second is it has to support viable businesses, the owners of which happen to be black. Anything beyond that is uh, it's informed by the, the locations where we are, either Atlanta or Chicago or DC. Uh, we let the people on the ground in the communities help design what their vibe is going to, what their fresh air event is going to look like, which is the name of the bike ride. So Peace Peloton, again, went from a single protest ride in Seattle to now I heard you mention Atlanta, yep. I heard you, how, how, tell me, how did we get there? I think it was the, the, the event you came to mm -hmm. when I said, uh, Seattle can't hold us. <laughs> that was, 
that was my fist pump to the sky. Like, no, we're we're going everywhere. We're gonna we people need to hear this message. And uh, I thought about it, and I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense for us to to go to other lo locations, uh, learn from those individuals in those communities, and bring that back here, and create this broader community of of sharing and access. The the, the one of the things that differentiates that uh, grocery store clerk or bagger from a Wall Street banker is access. Mm. Access to education, finances, access to all sorts of resources. Wall Street banker or this person who came from affluence has access. This mm. person probably can't even see the access, doesn't even realize the access is there. They feel like they're relegated to bagging groceries. I'm not one who believes in um, you can do what you want. You know, you see your people growing up to say, well, you can do whatever you want. No, you can't. But if you choose something that aligns with, you know, your values and that you become, you start to practice and you become good at it, you can be great at this thing. But do what you want. Everybody can't be president. You know what I mean? Everybody's not going to own a car dealership. You, I remember growing up and um, my mom never told us to go outdoors, never. She would say, go outside. Outdoor, and I never really thought about it until I started being outdoors. Outdoors means to a young, a young black kid growing up in Gary, Indiana, who doesn't know any white people, and the only thing that we see with an outdoor banner on our, our TV is these white folks going out, having all the fun, climbing mountains, they're all going outdoors, hiking, they're all going outdoors, doing all these things outdoors, and we just thought, that's not for us. But if you, if you shift the language in a way that resonates with, with uh, the, our, the, the culture that I grew up in and the community I grew up in, it's, okay, going outside is easy. The only thing that it requires is your motivation to cross the threshold of your house. Now you're outside. What are you gonna do when you're outside? You can do pretty much whatever you want. Mm. Run, jump, swim. Mm. You know, see how that language kind of changes that. things? I yeah. love that. I'm like, yeah, so I tell people, man, let's, let's go outside. Uh. Let's go do some stuff outside. <laughs> <laughs> like mama used to say, when we, after we come from outside, boy, you smell like outside. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to my son. I'm like, you're so stinky. You smell like outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind smelling like outside because that means you've done something. If you come in smelling like roses, like, nah, you didn't do it right. You got to come in smelling like outside. You know what I'm saying? So if you could break down Peace Peloton, it sounds like there's a few elements. There's yeah. these fresh air rides where you stop at Black-owned businesses. Yep. There's this maker's market where Black-owned businesses that are viable have opportunities to showcase their businesses and yep. crafts. And am I missing one? Um, that's, that's accurate. Yeah. So we have, Fresh Air was the genesis of Peace Peloton. And it's, it's, it's usually a bike ride that's bookended with a, a Black-owned or led business in the beginning and then that on the end. Usually the, the beginning is more of an institution, like uh, a museum that's, uh, who's, who, that's curated in the namesake of 
black Americans. Mm. And then the end of in, the, the ride will sometimes go through areas of historical black significance. And we will enlist the support of someone to curate a conversation around why this is so uh, significant. And then we will continue the ride to the end, which is more of a party vibe, we'll have a live band of a beer garden or some beer and food trucks and It'll just be a, a really fun vibe. And then we tell, I, I tell our story. I talk to people there about uh, why they're there, uh, our outcomes, how they can support. Yeah, I have a really, uh, I have a really cool job. Don't hate. <laughs> um, about a year and a half ago, I launched uh, Maker's Market that you mentioned. And um, We've bounced around several neighborhoods, but landed in Columbia City. And that uh, program is now called the Columbia City Night Market. Mm. And it happens every third Saturday. And it has been um, by far the most successful uh, program that we've launched. And it has almost nothing to do with bicycles. Mm. It has to do with what we're here for, which is uh, advancing the aims and accelerating the success of viable businesses and founders, the owners of which happen to be black. Mm. That's what that's about. And they show up every every third Saturday and there's a, just a lot of energy and we do everything. We I, People come to me and give me ideas. Hey doc, why don't you get a, a bubble making machine? I'm like, all right, doc, why don't you get a, um, a ice cream truck there? Oh, sure, why not? <laughs> and I just ask people and they do it. Mm. We have, uh, fire artists who come and uh, spin fire. We've had DJs, we've had dancers. We, it's just, it's such a cool vibe. Well, you, have a, cool you vibe. have a way about you because I would not say that I'm a confident cyclist. Wouldn't even use the word cyclist attached to my name. Okay. <laughs> but okay. you sort of, you were like, no, we got this. It's going to be fun. Like you just, there's this energy around you that makes people believe and want to be better. Yeah. I think it's because I want to be better. Mm. And I just, I'm constantly curious. Better is better, right? <laughs> Isn't better better? Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to be better? <laughs> we need a shirt. Better is better, right? <laughs> let's be better. And then let's define what better, uh, what better looks like. And then let's go for it. Let's just be better. So what does it feel like to be part of these rides? You've got hundreds of folks. What does that experience feel like? It takes work to bring people together, right? You're convincing people to invest in this thing that you've created, uh, giving up their time, giving up their money, of their resources. Uh, so it takes a lot of work. It's a supremely good feeling to sit back after that work is done and watch that product blossom into this amazing community of people enjoying, people exchanging uh, thoughts and ideas, and people being introduced to uh, viable businesses that they may have not have heard of had it not been for our market or our organization and adding those to their portfolio of shopping options. That feels really good mm. to really just, just sit back and like, and be selfish and like, I did that. Mm. That feels good. Mm. And it's okay to be selfish. 
Absolutely. I'm just letting you know. It's a healthy selfish. <laughs> Thank you. As yeah. my elder, I will take <laughs> I will take that nugget. <laughs> what do you hope? What is the future for Peace Peloton? You know, I want I I would like it to keep going. Um, I want us to I want us to do a better job of getting our brand out there and refining our brand in a way that can um, significantly increase our impact. Uh, outcomes matter. I mean, we're uh, putting on parties, but if uh, businesses aren't being helped, then it's, it's just a party. And that's not what we're looking for. I want to bring, I, my succession plan is to identify a motivated human from whom I can learn mm. and then they I can transition out of Peace mm. Peloton and then they can take the reins and make it look like what they want mm. to serve the needs of our partners and our community. The bicycling part of Peace Peloton is secondary to the business development. Mm. When you say we and us, referring to Peace Peloton, like who is that we, us? Um, it's our, our community of volunteers, our advisors, our sponsors. I've had people come to me and say, but you're the only employee, you're the founder. Why are you giving other people credit? Why don't you, why don't you leave with I? And I, and that's fine. I don't think it necessarily matters because the outcome is what matters. But I know I run this shit, you know what I'm saying? H and I see. I know what I know how it gets done. Mm. I know that for sure. People find value in our mission and in our vision, and both of those I created. That makes me feel grateful. That makes me feel happy. Mm. That makes me feel really humble. Mm. And legacy is a big part of yeah. right. Yeah, what I, legacy will you leave? I, yeah, I'm going to talk about two planes of legacy. Like I talked about succession plan, right? right. I grew up in a church, oh. and I remember these uh, preachers and they would get older and older and they were never training up anyone to come behind them and then they're dead and now the church is a mess because they didn't get proper leadership right I'm, I'm not interested in that I love this brand that I am creating right I love this Peace Peloton brand it has value people are interested enough to invest in this organization that's significant value. I have a fiduciary responsibility over this organization to make sure that that legacy is going to be carried forward to the next generation, which brings me to the, the second plane of what's next for Peace Peloton. When people mention Peace Peloton, I want them to feel good. I want them to think about, oh, I, this is another thing that makes me feel good. When we go out to events, people will come up to me and say, oh, you're Peace Peloton, you're Doc. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I was at the, the Halloween event. Oh, I was at the Chicago event. And that makes me, I'm like, yo, you remember the event? Oh yeah, man, we went to uh, Umami Kushi and there were like 300 of us and we were eating con. And remember you told this guy this thing, I'm like, you got a better memory than me. <laughs> that feels good. Yeah. That is making me feel like we are, we're reaching people, we're making an impact and we're creating this brand. We're, we're bolstering this brand. What you're doing matters to what, people. What we're doing matters and it impacts the outcomes of businesses. We're doing what we, I'm doing what I said I was going to do. Mm. Now you got me saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with it though. All right, so we've been uh, kicking back here. 
Well, we got to get on the road again. Okay, okay. Where are we headed? What's next for us? I think we should dip down to Lake Washington Boulevard. It's going to be super dope. Here we go. You ready? I mean, ready you or not. It. Ready or not is no, what I'm saying all day no, with you. You got it. Let's push on. God damn it. <laughs> it's such a cool place out here. I really dig it. Cool. cool. How would you describe the vibe of Peace Peloton? Oh, the vibe. Uh, inclusive, it's welcoming, it's lively. Yeah, all those things. What I appreciated was you told me that no matter my pace, I was going to be okay. Yes. And you truly meant that. Like, no drop really means no drop. And yes, we've, we've had a right, and I've had to rethink what no drop means. Mm -hmm. If you have a group of 200 people, and I was very emphatic about it, nobody gets left behind. So I remember once we went out and a cyclist got a flat and all 150 of us were on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And so then, Talk about wise counsel. I got wise counsel from people who've run bike events before, and they say, "Hey, Doc, man, we don't all have to stop. We can keep someone back to in you know one of the ride marshals take it, stay back mm -hmm. and help this person with their mechanical issue, and then we'll catch up at the next stop." Mm. So I've started doing that, but we make the rides very, very easy. If you don't have a good time, you're not going to come back. So if there are too many hills, if it's too long, if it's too hot. People aren't going to come back. So we model our uh, rides around this 10-mile threshold. We try not to get too much elevation. And we also, on our promotions, we share the uh, challenge level. Mm. And we try to share it in a funny way, like, oh, you're going to kill yourself if you do this. Or, <laughs> you know, this is fun. Your grandma can come out or whatever. We that. want it to be this, just a really, really cool vibe so that people feel like they belong. And when people leave a Peace Peloton ride, like, what do you hope they leave feeling? What, what, what do you want it, everybody to take away from this experience? I want them to feel like family. I want them to feel like their contribution is valuable to the greater scheme of what we're doing, our mission and vision. Yeah. When people feel a part of something, they invest more in it, right? If they feel like they're contributing value, if they, you know, they bring a significant value proposition, they will invest more. So, yeah, we want people to feel like family. Thanks for taking me along for the literal ride mm -hmm. today. <laughs> yeah, let's do some more riding. For sure. Yeah, everybody's welcome. If you want to continue adventuring with me and dive deeper into this story, check out the show notes. There, you'll find links to the video series and an article I wrote about the themes of this episode. This podcast is hosted and reported by Allison Mariella Desir. That's me. My producer is Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers. The executive producer is Mark Baumgarten. Audio production from Bryce Y. Adolfson and Sarah E. Hall. And audio support from Rusty Bogal and Seth Halloran. You can subscribe to Out and Back wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please review us 
It helps create excitement around a new show. And if you'd like to support the work we do at CrossCut, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to on-demand programming from KCTS 9, Seattle's PBS station. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. Out and Back is a product of Cascade Public Media. Next time, we're heading to a farm.